We all make mistakes, but of course, the most important thing is if you can learn from them, especially when you are living in some place that might be outside of your comfort zone. Roll that intro. Hello there, I'm Rafael Di Furia, back at it again for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. Like I alluded to in the pre-intro, this week I want to talk about some of the mistakes that expats make. And let's just jump into it. The first one that I want to talk about is about not budgeting for the cost of living and not budgeting in a way that actually is based on reality. It is worthwhile to look at some websites. I think Numio is one of them that gives you a rough idea of the cost of living in a place, but it's important to talk to people. It's important to do your research. It's important to have your boots on the ground to to see what is the cost of a can of tuna, what is the cost of a loaf of bread, or if you're somebody who consumes, well, (laughs) for the sake of saying YouTube friendly, let's call them happy fun time beverages, and you consume them on a very regular basis, this might be something that you have to take into account for your monthly expenditure, but most importantly, the cost of where you're going to be living, but not just for the space itself, whether you're owning it or whether you're renting it, that's that's one thing. But to know how much are you going to spend on electricity? How much are you going to spend for heating? Is your heating electric or is it gas or is it this or is it that? And out of the people that I know who are paying for heating through gas and through electric here in Portugal, I can say probably the people who are paying for heating through electric are probably paying a lot less. But of course, you will find some places where having actually a fireplace is doable, at least in the north. It's not going to be everywhere. And if you're in your own standalone home, it may be more realistic, but these are all important to know. So if you need to stay warm in the in the winter, what is the price of a cord of wood? How much does a truckload of wood cost? What is that going to look like for you to be able to survive through the winters to make sure that you have enough wood, enough dry wood? Can you even store the wood properly? Or do you have to have something made so that you can properly just store your wood or at least so that it's not going to get rained on? The next aspect is something that I often do talk about, and that is about connecting with others. And for a number of years in Not Your Average Globetrotter, I did talk about like getting away from the expat bubble. And I still do. And I will say that regardless, you don't want to get stuck in it. But also, you don't necessarily want to get stuck on the outside, either if there is an expat community where you're going to be. I think it is important to have connections with both locals and people from your country, because the people who are from your country may have an understanding of the way that things could be roughly from your perspective, even if you're somebody who's like, oh, I, I'd rather not spend time with the people from my country. They have such a different way of thinking and this and that and the other. There are a lot of people like that, but there will be people who have pioneered their way through the system that may have figured out things that will help save you time and headaches. And that may be an area where having local friends actually might not necessarily be a hindrance or helpful, but it just might be one of those kind of neutral things because you could have to deal with things that they've never had to deal with. I mean, I've spoken to a number of people who moved to the States and they said, hey, do you know about this visa and that visa and the other visa? And I'm like, I was born there with American citizenship. That's a whole part of the American system I've never had to deal with and I don't know anything about. And so just think about it in that way when you are coming to a new place and having to deal with all these systems and you're talking with your local friends, they these things might be normal concepts for you, but for people who are from a certain place, it's something that they might not have ever had to have dealt with in their life. But of course, you can't overlook local connections as well because the locals that you are able to connect with, that you are able to build those friendships and relationships with, will be great just 
firstly socialization but they may have the connection to a farmer that is able to get you fresh organic vegetables delivered to your place weekly or knowing about certain local events or things that are going on and maybe things that people who aren't from there wouldn't necessarily know about or wouldn't know all the details or how to get like the little local secrets and finding them and where to go and how to go and why to go the why can be the most fun part sometimes but the next mistake that I would like to mention is something that I've also mentioned a number of times, and that is making an assumption that your experience of a place there on vacation is going to be the same as your daily reality. Think about what you're doing on vacation versus what you're doing from day to day. How much crossover is there? I think that is just going to be a way that I would like to leave that just short and sweet straight to that point. Because from day to day, you will have work, bills, and other things that you have to be concerned about. Whereas when you're on vacation, you probably just will be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy the world passing you by. The next mistake that I often see is about not making sure that your finances are set up in the right way. And that is both from a banking perspective as well as a conversion perspective. Uh, especially if you are earning money that is coming in from another currency, you want to make sure that you're converting it in the best way possible. There's different ways of transferring and this and that and the other. I'm not, this isn't going to be the video where I recommend this is the cheapest way or this is the best way or this is the other way. I'm not going to say there is a best way, but there's convenient ways of doing it. But sometimes those convenient ways of making those transfers from yourself to yourself from one country to another could be a little bit annoying. But there are, of course, some bank accounts which allow you to hold multiple currencies in the same account. But I would say in many places, especially in Europe, Setting up a local bank account can be worthwhile. I'm not saying that everybody should do it, but it is something worthwhile considering, especially for accessing local services. Sometimes even if you just, like I've mentioned in many episodes about getting a phone, sometimes you might need to have a local payment system or a local way to pay um, if you can't just go prepaying cash every month or fill it up for a few months at a time. That can get annoying, but if you have direct debits, of course, this can be uh, nice to kind of have lined up. But then there may be certain online services or certain things, certain payment systems, which become more easy to use, especially in a country like Portugal, where you do have options like MBWay. Like for example, recently I went out to lunch and I was going to pay just by card, but the card reader wasn't working. I couldn't pay with contactless. I couldn't do chip and pin, nothing. There was some problem with the machine that it wasn't able to access the system. However, they did have an MBWay QR code on the screen of the machine. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try, see if that works. And it ended up that that did work. So in a country like Portugal, having access to MBWay, for those of you who don't know what MBWay is, it's a system where you can it's kind of like this contactless system, like you pay with a QR code and it's all through the banking system and they have this Portuguese ATMs. That's a whole subject in and of itself, what you can do there. There's a lot. And especially in a country like Portugal, having local banking will give you access to that system. So something worthwhile taking into consideration. There are some ways to access that system without local banking, but it just it's easier if you do have a local bank account. Another mistake that I see a lot of people make is assuming that the work culture, work environment, work-life balance is the same as where you might come from. I know for me that like I've mentioned in a number of episodes that there are certain habits, American habits that I have had a hard time shaking. And one of them is my work ethic and the amount of time that I work and what the effort that I put into my work. But then I often see, especially in Southern Europe, lunches 
an hour plus. I mean, depends on what you're doing, where you are. But even just in schools, having that time to take a break away from everything. I mean, there have been so many times where I've had to sit at my desk working and eating at the same time or eating from my desk. I mean, there have been situations where that was self-imposed and there were other times where that was part of the job that I had was just that intense that I had to be at the desk the whole time. So you may find that the approach to how things are done can be different in different parts of the world. The next mistake that I want to talk about is to do with salary. And that is thinking that the amount that you're going to earn, even if it's a high amount or a low amount, is going to cover or not cover your monthly expenses. This gets kind of back into the first part that I was talking about, the first mistake, because you want to understand what is a normal salary, what is an what is a high salary, what is a low salary in the country that you're going to be going to. I mean, this is, of course, some of these things that I'm talking about are assuming that you're not going to be working remotely and that you're working directly in the country. That is very important to understand because there may be some parts of the world where you'll go to and you'll have a beautiful salary that will be huge, but the cost of living may kind of balance things out and give you a similar quality of life to what you had had, if not maybe less, even if you're earning multiple times more than what you had earned before. These are things that you have to take into consideration. How far will your salary go at the end of the month? Another mistake that I often see people making is not seeking legal advice when and where necessary from somebody who is qualified on the subject. This kind of does get back to what I was talking about to do with the uh, connecting with locals, connecting with expats. Sometimes it is better to connect with locals for certain things because they might have a lawyer who understands the local system and how to navigate it properly. That can be really big. Whereas sometimes a non-native speaker of the language or a non-speaker of the local language will not be able to lead you in the proper direction. I've been at expat social meetups where one person asked a question and from say like it was a group of people just standing around in a circle like five six seven people there were five six seven different answers all conflicting with each other about how to do something or how why to do something or the way to go about doing something and so that's something to take into consideration what is true or if two things are co conflicting with each other are they both able to be possible? Are they both legal, even if they conflict with each other? These are things that you need to take into consideration as well about talking to somebody who is qualified about the topic that you are needing advice on. But another mistake that I often see people making is relying solely on technology for communication as well as navigation, getting around. That is something that I would say is actually a really big problem that like you see sometimes people just using Google Translate, talking into it, talking back, talking into it, talking back. I'll admit I do use Google Translate, but I try to not use it for full sentences unless I absolutely have to. I know there are some people that like Deep L and other con um, translation apps, not conversion apps, translation apps. But I'll say that it depends on the language that you're using in the translation app that you're using. Some languages don't really translate well into other languages. And it's important, say for example, if your phone battery dies, that you have the skills to be able to speak for yourself, that if you get stuck on a bus somewhere, that you know how to say where is, or how long until, or what time do we arrive, those basic phrases, and to be able to understand those, 
if you're going to be living there. If you're traveling someplace, of course, this is a different situation, but I'm really talking about living abroad here. If you're traveling abroad, okay, this is another thing where just learning a language for the space of 48 hours, a week, a month, is it going to be so necessary? Maybe not. But the last thing that I want to quickly talk about is failing to maintain a sense of humor and also being able to maintain your sanity in a really challenging moment. There are going to be times where you just have to laugh. Things will be so frustrating. Things will be so crazy and upside down from what you could have expected that all you can do or all you should do is laugh. Really, there are so many times I've been in certain situations where I've gotten worked up over something and it's just simply not worth it. It's sometimes in certain situations, of course, very, very difficult, if not impossible to be able to laugh at the situation, but maybe in hindsight be able to. So I'm not saying to turn your emotions off or to push yourself into mental instability. What I'm saying is that to keep some stability there is breathe, take the time, Take a moment, take it slow. Sometimes the moment will come at you fast, but you have to be able to slow down and take control of the situation on your terms. It won't always work like that, but maybe if you can't reach out for the whole three feet in front of you, reach out for a foot and a half, reach out for a foot. If you're grabbing onto something and to hold on to that moment, just try, make the effort. Sometimes it can be difficult, but very worthwhile and especially figuring out how to laugh about it after the fact at the very least will be something that will help keep you going because there are so many people that I see that leave their countries that they've chosen because of the frustration that builds up. And this is one of the reasons why I often mention about how important it is to be aware of not just the big things that are going on in your life, but also the small little things, because sometimes those small little things after a rough day can be a make or break. There can be just the straw that breaks the camel's back. And there can be just that one little thing that makes you say, that's it. All right. Goodbye. Good done. I'm this and that good riddance, but you don't want to get to that point if you can avoid it at all. However, if you are going to make that decision, it is not a bad thing to do. It's just better to be in a place where you are able to make a logical decision, be able to sit down and say, hey, okay, this is the good stuff. This is the not so good stuff. This is the bad stuff. This is the really bad stuff. And to be able to understand what works for you and how it works for you and what it is that you personally need in your life. But anyway, I think this is where I'm going to end things off. So of course, a huge thank you to those of you who help to make these episodes possible through patreon.com slash Rafael Furia or through the one-time donations here on YouTube through the thanks button or the one-time support through rafaeldifuria.com slash support. Thank you all of you for helping this project to keep going as well as thank you to those of you who watched through this episode and have some thoughts to share about that down in the comment section below. Of course, I always love to read through everything that you guys have to share and say. I feel so bad. I don't always get to respond, but it's always so wonderful to be able to see the conversations that even you guys have amongst yourselves in the comment section. And of course, thank you for watching and subscribing. Stay safe and healthy out there. I'm Rafael Di Furia. This has been another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter, and I will see you all next time. Later. <laughs>